If you like baseball, then this is your show. Noah and Brian and Adam will host. Trashing on the umps and making hot takes. We love Joe Panic because he rakes. Yeah! It's non-stop baseball podcast. It's non-stop baseball What is up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 117 of the Nonstop Baseball Podcast. We are back with playoff-style baseball. Not quite the playoffs, but might as well be with some of these games that are being played, especially in that AOS. It is an exciting time of the year. We're going to get all into that and some other stuff. Uh, I am Noah, joined as always by Brian and Adam. Here we are, 117 episodes in. Uh, you know, coming up on good old October baseball, I'm ready. The air has been a little crisper in the morning. Uh, that's when the wildfires were not affecting our air quality down here. Uh, so it's, I just been enjoying it and ready for some intense baseball in the cool air. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, but, uh, yeah, once again, I'm Noah joined as always by Brian and Adam, uh, Adam, how was it going? Better than last week. Jays are uh, Jays are doing well. They're they're looking like they're getting hot at the right time. So that's always fun to see. Um, and yeah, just pumped for pumped for October baseball. It's gonna be good, even if the Jays aren't in it. It's gonna be good. Gonna be good though. Jays looking pretty good with uh, just a handful of games left. Uh, but as you said, we shall shall certainly see. Uh, Brian, how's it going? You know, you guys are speaking of good, and I could tell you something that's the complete opposite of that. The Giants. Oh, no. They have Whoa. been absolutely miserable, uh, and it just seems like everyone's falling apart. It's not only the fans. It's just, it is a tough scene right now out in San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, was it just last week or two weeks ago you were talking? Yeah, last week you are talking about. Yeah, they had about... a little run. There was a well, moment. And you're talking about, uh, you know, your your bet with. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, with our the, friend of the podcast. Yeah, about the Padres Giants record. I'm looking at it now. It's 77 and 79 for both teams. Yes, uh, uh, the Giants. I think have maybe won one game since then, and I'm not sure if the Padres have lost since then. <laughs> yeah, I think they have. They're nine and one in their last ten. The Padres. Uh, so yeah, so. They I were mean, going on a streak, and the Giants were uh, not streaking, that's for sure. Or streaking, yeah. just... Yeah, <laughs> they are. were streaking already. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the... I mean, the Padres, 91 run, plus 91 run differential, uh, obviously nowhere near what they wanted, but I don't think anything's getting blown up over this offseason. I think that, it's, well, if anything, it's going to be some additions, maybe some did, reshaping, but we'll for see. For the Padres? Yes. Yeah. There was a report that came out today that they are likely to get their salary under two hundred million. Mm-hmm. So that may complicate things. Uh, interesting. Hmm. So yeah, if that report is to be believed, which you never know, um, it usually reports are typically correct. Though it looks like the Padres are looking to not stay above the two hundred million salary. Well, mm-hmm. that'll be interesting because I feel like they've built some positive momentum and are set up good for next year. But and I mean, they truly are one of the most unlucky teams this season too. They, they are they are unlucky and also staggeringly unclutch. <laughs> yeah, like, have they still they, not even won an extra innings game? They have not won an extra innings game. <laughs> I think they're zero twelve in extra inning games. I mean, you just. And they are had yeah. six wins there Sorry. and a few wins in one run games. And they're, yeah. you know, oh, they are five win team. They are like 0 that. and 12 in extra inning games and they are seven and 22 in one run games. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, unlucky. Situational baseball. Yeah. Yes. Unlucky. Also, unbelievably just not clutch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, but you did not listen to this podcast for Padres talk. Well, maybe you did. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear about that. Nobody wants to hear about the Padres. Not even Kyle. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm doing pretty well. 
as well. Nancy is currently in Mexico, so I'm just learning how to live life again. Psych. Uh, but <laughs> I'm looking into also looking into like joining some intramurals. Uh, my college that I graduated from, CSUMB, lets alumni do intramurals. So I was looking into soccer. That's close. So I'm maybe doing gonna just go vibe out, play some volleyball with some people. Uh, excited about that. Play some sports again. Uh, but yeah, just just going through life teaching uh working all that stuff and like i said ready for some october baseball um and i feel like the the story of the week and where we got to start is in that al west and with the proclaimed the adam proclaimed kings of not just the west but the entire baseball universe the texas rangers with as clutch of a sweep as you can get in the regular season against the Mariners uh, at home, just took three in a row, a couple of them being particularly tight games. Uh, shout out Jordan Montgomery with an absolutely huge uh, seven innings pitch, zero earned runs performance in the, in the middle game of that in their two to nothing win. And uh, I mean, just the Rangers, they're vibing. The, the stars are bright deep at night or whatever, deep in the heart of Texas, whatever that line is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if this team can hold on and get into that playoffs, oh, my gosh, Simeon Seeger, Garcia in the in the playoffs is going to be electric. Uh, do you have any big takeaways from that series, Adam? I mean, they needed it pretty badly. Um, obviously they, they came into Toronto and swept the Jays and that was a huge one, but then they promptly got swept by the guardians, which is pretty much unacceptable for a division leading team. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they take two or three from the Red Sox, which was really good, but yeah, you get that day off and then you sweep your div a division rival, another team that's, that's right there for a playoff race. Um, you know, cause every team at the top of the AL West is within three games of the division title, let alone, you know the wildcard conversation. So huge, huge sweep for them. Um, direly needed uh, because every single game counts for, for all of those teams right now. Yeah. And that last game being a crazy eight to nine win. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not like, I mean, obviously the middle game, Seattle's offense got shut out, but it wasn't that, they're, I don't know. It's just their pitching fell apart and they're, they're starting pitching. I mean, Gilbert had a good game in the middle game, but it was really, I believe it was a couple of, all three of them, just really young guys, uh, just didn't quite live up to the moment in Texas with also, you know, credit to that offense, a great a Rangers offense. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's. Well, I mean and, and that's October baseball right there. Yeah. And, and as is the sort of funkiness of the schedule coming into the last week of the season, um, Seattle has this three game set against the Astros and they're right back hosting the Rangers for four more to end it. So, Oof. you know, every, the way that the schedule is sort of set up is just about every team in the league is playing like all four of their last series against division teams. So there's a ton of division matchups um, yeah. and that AL, and I mean, all those AL West ones are among the absolute most important for every single one for all three of those teams. Yeah. The Seattle Houston series might literally decide a playoff spot. It's like they're totally half a game separated for that last wildcard spot. So, I mean, if someone comes down and sweeps, you're pretty much lock yourself in and lock the other team out. Yeah, and to the first game of the series, you know, Castillo versus Verlander, all of a sudden, already in the fourth inning, it's 4 nothing Houston. And, uh, I mean, you talk about feeling the pressure uh, that Mariners, I mean, they looked at it in front of them. They said, we got three in Texas, we got four at home against Houston, and then, what is it, three more at home against, or four more at home against it's, Texas. Yeah, three three at home, Houston, four at home, Texas. Yeah, so it's like, I think before the start of that Rangers series, they're like, okay, let's go, let's win one. And then it was like, we lost the first. Okay, let's win the second. We lost the second. Yeah. yeah. You're feeling it. And, you know, it's not the, 
absolute most veteran laden lineup by any stretch. And there's some personalities on that team, a la Jared Kalanick, that uh, definitely don't always thrive the best with failure. Uh, let it get to them. And then obviously, you know, we don't know how big of a, a factor this played, but the whole George Kirby drama a few weeks ago. Uh, but it's, you know, we'll see what, oh, Oh, oh. I almost went five, nothing right for a second, but <laughs> we will see, uh, how they respond tonight. And obviously through these final seven games, it's and, a team yeah, to look out for big. for sure. For Houston too. I think this is a moment where you definitely could see their, uh, amount of veterans and their experience playing October baseball really show up, even though it is still September. But it just having the experience like, okay, now it's time to go. Yeah. Well, we'll I mean, see if Houston has that other gear. Yeah, I mean, we can also say that, but <clears throat> Houston is coming into this series against Seattle after getting swept by the Royals. So, well, yeah, they've, they've looked <laughs> that's bad. not ideal. Yeah. That is Houston has looked nice. bad, and it's really looked like this might be a year where they, you know, they miss the playoffs, but then, you know, Ooh. Seattle's right there. I don't know, for me, as much as I truly love the Seattle Mariners, they feel like the team that deserves it the least, in, in my view. I think they, they're just the beginning fair. of the year was so lethargic for so long. And it was like, come on, let's stop striking out a ton. Let's, let's do what we could do. And they just never did, especially that offense. And uh, obviously, they've kicked it up into gear. And I'd love to see them getting into the playoffs. But um, yeah. I, I, I just know, it almost feels like they deserve it and need to shake things up. A little bit, not an overhaul because it's a really good team still, but shake things up a little bit going oh, into the absolutely. 24. And also worth remembering too, like you know, they didn't get a season out of Robbie Ray this year. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's you true. know one of your biggest pitchers on the roster. But um, no, also coming into this last you know week of the season, it, it, let alone whether or not they you know deserve it or or whatever, they've got the hardest route to get there, right? You know, they're they have to go against Houston and Texas, whereas you know, the Astros get this series against the Mariners and then they get the D-backs to end it. They're one of the few that gets to go out of division for their last series. So, you know, Houston all of a sudden gets a slightly easier opponent and has a little bit more of a shot to to get a, that, it's, you know, one extra win that they're going to potentially need. Is Arizona that much easier of an opponent? Um, I will say yes, because particularly just of the way that Arizona's played lately okay i mean, I mean six and, and shout out zach Gallon. just we i've brought him up a few times with some clutch uh performance he's he's had in yankee stadium on sunday i know you know the yankees aren't quite what they are but in september <laughs> going into yankee stadium and shutting that lineup out for six innings is is huge uh and you know he had that complete game shut out in wrigley uh, recently as well uh, I really want to see him in in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I, I want to see this see this Diamondbacks club in the playoffs too. I love Tori Lovello, um, but yeah, that's tight between you know Diamondbacks, Cubs, Marlins, and Reds. But I don't know. We it's funny that we haven't even really mentioned the NL wild card race as much, and I think it's just because as it's still you know, close like the AL wild card race, the AL wild card race feels like it's filled with teams that actually could actually do something in the playoffs. And, whereas NL, not as much. Yeah. And it's more interdivisional in the AL. Uh, I think that makes it more exciting with the NL. It's kind of just all the different divisions kind of vying for it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I also, yeah. I mean, also it's kind of, uh, East coast bias um, a little, well, not really as much as East coast bias, but, I think it's just that you have the the distances between some of those wild card spots is just not as like absolutely neck and neck, right? Like the AL wild card has been pretty much within three games for like four or five teams for like the last three weeks. <laughs> like it's been really close. I mean. Um, that that statement's true for the National League wild card, though. Just yeah, but I, I also vocals, I, but I, I, I think, get what you're saying. Though. I think I think I think though, I don't know how much I 
I guess with the AL, it's that three-game split, but I could see any of those teams making it. Whereas, like, the NL, it's like, okay, they, yeah, Cincinnati is technically two and a half games back, but, like, do I think Cincinnati's going to do it? No. Not really. Yeah. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. I get where you are coming from on that one. Well, uh, speaking of the old wildcard teams, I kind of want to shout out the NL wildcard team that's got it all locked up already, practically. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, I wanted to bring up last week how awesome the Zach Wheeler contract has been for them. He is someone that he was coming off of a couple good seasons in a row, but also had a lot of injuries with the Mets. And it was, I know a lot of Mets people thought it might be a big risk and he's just done everything you could absolutely ask of him. They're on a five game win streak right now, eight of their last 10. They took two out of three in Atlanta. And you watch those highlights. You are, you watch the Phillies game. It seems like every single player on that team is playing with the same type of confidence, the same type of energy, and they just seem really cohesive and just, like I said, ultra confident going into October. They're a team that I'm super excited about going to the playoffs. And you might, you know, say, oh, well, it's Craig Kimbrell, and he's had a pretty good year, but do they trust him? Zach Wheeler is coming out of the bullpen at some point in the playoffs if they're going on a run. Uh, Aaron Nola, they're going to get funky with that bullpen and they're going to throw starters out there. Uh, you know, Ranger Suarez was really successful last year out of the bullpen. And that's just a team that seems like it has maybe some more magic in them, especially when you throw out, you know, Castellanos, Harper, Real Muto, Trey Turner in October. That's there. They are very, especially with the, the news, you know, the Dodgers missing a lot of guys. Uh, Freed, it's a blister, so hopeful that he'll be back and pitching in the playoffs. But uh, Morton with his finger sprain, that might take him out for, you know, the first round of the playoffs or even more. Those are two big pitchers right there. I mean, these Phillies, you know, depending on what those rosters look like, might – even be kind of one of the favorites to make it out of the the NL, uh, but we'll see. It obviously That's... depends on what those those pitching rosters look like uh, yep. going into October. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, dude, Atlanta their run differential is insane. Sorry, I'm just looking at the standings, and it just sticks out so much. Being two thirty. Yeah. yeah, shout out. Speaking of 230, how about 133? Matt Olson, new single season RBI record. Huge. <laughs> Just oh, I ridiculous. Was, I thought you were going to say, I was, I was going to say, sticks out the opposite way is the negative 326 of the A's. That's pretty incredible in like a oh different my way. Gosh. Yeah, Tony Kemp pretty much posted his goodbye Oakland fans on Twitter today. <laughs> posted a picture of his like game worn A's jersey with dirt all over it, and he's like, this is a great way for my Oakland tenure to end. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that means you're retiring or leaving the A's. Either or, man. Just not coming back. Either or. Yeah, oh, Oakland. Wow. I also think uh, locked the worst record in the MLB. I don't think they can get caught now. So that's that's fun. I mean, was that ever really a competition? It was. It, the Royals could have had it. They but they swept yeah. the Astros to nine out of the last away. ten. Yeah. Six in a row. A six game. <laughs> yeah. Let's go Royals. Dude, they've finished they've, strong. They, yeah, they've decided to finish strong. Proud of them. Way to go, boys. Way to show fight. Man, dude, the White Sox. What a travesty their season turned into. 60 and 96. Like, dude, the White Sox were not bad a couple years ago. Dude, it wasn't. It was like two years ago that we all were thought they were they were like locks for the division title. Yeah, pretty much everybody did. No, and that and the, just and us. not even just that, but like a hundred win like lock. <laughs> like, has every what's the last team to blow up as fast as the White Sox did? Royals. <laughs> the Royals. But went like from, the Royals. The Royals went from the Royals though. Huh? And it wasn't like, quite you, as sustainable. It wasn't as yeah. Yeah, it's because they I, had I just, all these guys who yeah. had to leave on contracts, like the Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis. Uh, who else did they move off of? 
I mean, maybe Alex the Red Gordon. Sox. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the yeah. Red Sox pretty fast too. Actually, the Royals okay. I'm taking back because it was it was three years. It wasn't quite two. Looking it up because they had the 2015 mm-hmm. World, the, you know, where they won the where they won the World Series, um, but it was 2018, so three years after that they had a 58 win season. <laughs> wow. They had a couple 80 win seasons in between that. I thought that yeah. I thought they only had like one, and then they completely demolished themselves. But yeah. uh yeah, it was their twenty eighteen well, and twenty nineteen that were both sub sixty wins, which is yeah, that's Yikes. <laughs> Kyle Tucker, deep drive to right, five nothing Astros. But one thing one positive, we've talked a lot of negative about the old Mariners. Uh Julio Rodriguez we talked about you know, his rate stats being a little down this year, but how impressive it is with this turnaround and his counting stats where they're at. He got his 100th RBI on Wednesday, giving him the 30-30-100 season in his second year in baseball. Ridiculous numbers for the man. Uh, Especially for a year where you were, like, slumping hardcore to still, yeah. like, turn it around to the point you get 100 RBIs. Yeah. 30-30-100. Yeah. I mean, that is wild. Hey, put some put some respect on my boy Teo as well, who was slumping hard in the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah. He's all the way That's up true. to ninety two RBI. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason Seattle went on a too. win. Like, yeah, no, oh for sure, there. yeah. But oh. do you know what's more impressive than thirty, thirty, and a hundred? <laughs> oh, whatever Acuna's doing at yeah, the moment. Yeah, forty, sixty-eight, and a hundred. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> forty over sixty. He he reached the forty mark. Uh, and he was hyped. He was. He wants this MVP I mean, so as bad. He should be hyped. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, he has to be MVP. Yeah, I think he, he's a lock. And NL, I can't fathom anyone else. I mean, yeah, you could. Hmm. I could maybe see the argument for a Mookie Betts, but at the same time, I don't know. It's just not. Yeah, like the, the same. counting stats get too much at a certain point. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> yep. especially he's gonna yep. get up, he's probably gonna get up to 70, 40, 70, 100. Uh, <laughs> it's only ridiculous, it's nuts. That is crazy. He's no. only he's gonna strike out less than 100 times. Uh, yeah, now I it, just interesting since we're here, despite injury, do you still think Shohei is the AL MVP? I would have to look at some stats. Let me pull, yeah, because I, I say yes. <laughs> Personally, well, you said yes the last three years. You're, I mean, he should have had it last year as well. So, <laughs> oh, MLB. Uh, who's the hitters in the AL? Who's a single hitter? I don't know anybody. Who's here. a single I mean, hitter in the AL? <laughs> the big, the big shout uh, to counter Shohei has been Corey Seager. Yeah, and he's uh, played less now, games. Looking, he at has it. played yeah. less games. But I do agree Corey Seager has had an incredible season in the games that he yeah. has played. But uh, yeah, behind them in baseball reference were uh, Simeon and Seager, or second and third. Like, yeah, how would I, you like that middle of the infield? It, <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. It kind of has to be Otani, I feel like. Yeah. Like, just hitting-wise, like, Otani was the better hitter than Seager this year, and Otani pitched. Yep. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and pitched really well. <laughs> Like and really like, well. <laughs> if you, I mean, it's like Otani played 135 games. Like, yeah, he didn't make it to the end, but that's still 22 more than Seager played. Like, what's Otani's slash line? Uh, yeah. 304 average, 412 on base, 654 slugging. That's zero over a one dot OPS. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. And, I mean, and and also just if... just to just because obviously Otani also freaking pitches in his 2021 pitching campaign campaign which is his other mvp where he was incredible he has a super comparable pitching line this season um but he finished with a 314 era and 167 yeah. strikeouts yeah he, 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 he kept to be MVP he kept year. opposing batters to a 184 <laughs> like come on <laughs> there, there's no argument when his hitting stats are on on all are on par or better than Seager's outside of doubles I think that's literally the only category i mean seager struck out less too yeah, but he also walked significantly less like eh, otani had the better hitting season and 
he had 20 and the better pitching season and the better pitching season <laughs> yeah he oh, had man. 20 stolen bases to Seager's two didn't 20 have, stolen no. bases out of otani is actually surprising i did not realize he Dude, and the triples like he has quick. like double digit triples or something like that he's got eight he had eight triples round it up round it up round it up <laughs> and i mean to be fair Seager has 42 doubles and Seager has 26 those eight triples otani got were probably just doubles for Seager. So, like, if you count that yeah. in a double-triple category, it's all of a sudden a lot closer. I mean, yeah, if you just count an extra base hit category, Otani wins. So, But speed well, is yeah. part of the value, uh, so, sure. yeah. I mean, you, you can't say Otani doesn't have the speed, though, when he has eight he triples does. to zero. zero. Yeah. No, like, yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying... I'm saying speed is part of Otani's value and should be factored oh, oh, in when oh, yeah, he's okay. the better MVP candidate. Yeah, I got you. Um, yeah. Like, so, yeah. I mean, I could see some old guys if Texas ends up taking the AOS being like, he took him to the playoffs. And I mean, this is a this is an MVP caliber year uh, from Seager. Well, I don't know. 112 games played as of right now. That's a little tough, but an awesome year for sure. Yeah, they are crazy. It's not like last year, though, where it's last year. I thought, yeah, Otani should be MVP, but. Judge should definitely, you know, be the offensive player of the year, the Hank, Hank Aaron, Aaron Award. Yeah. Where it's like, no, Otani's still like definitively better offensively. Yeah. Uh on a worse in a worse lineup. Uh yeah. So yeah, but I don't yeah, Otani I, I don't MVP. I don't need to rehash my why Otani is more valuable than Judge, but whatever. <laughs> um you know who is? Uh, <laughs> never mind. I was gonna say something wild as a joke. I was gonna say who's more valuable than Shohei Otani? Mark Canna, uh, not quite. But Mark Canna has maybe been the most or one of the most valuable trade deadline acquisitions. Been awesome, especially in the RBI category. OPS over eight hundred, and the Brewers just they secure their postseason spot, and they've been hot recently. Rowdy Telez got into a game. Oh, uh, got a strikeout. Uh, they have lost two in a row. I'm looking at that now, but yeah, Josh Donaldson hitting bombs for them. Vibes are good in Milwaukee. That's you know, I think another team people are sleeping on, but you know, they're 20 games over 500 now. Got some great pitching, and their offense is formulating a little bit, getting more cohesive as the year goes on. Uh, so yeah, watch out for the old the old brew crew there. Do that. That did you guys see the Rowdy Telez uh, interview after that game? About JD, oh, no, no, different interview. N- n- yeah, no, Ra- but no, no Rowdy I'm talking T- about a different one. Yeah, no, that Rowdy Telez interview was so good because he just he, I mean, he's just full full confidence, gassing himself up, and they're like, you know what, you know what do you say when you're on the mound? He's like, yeah, you know, tell tell the catcher, man the corners, watch Maddox work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think at one point, I don't remember if it was, I think it was Corbin Burns or something, who like said something off camera, and and Rowdy's like, my whip's better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the interview I was talking about, they were asking about when Josh Donaldson like came into the clubhouse, what the first thing was he said to him. Mm. And he's like, well, Josh Donaldson didn't really introduce himself to anyone. And they were like, why? He's like, well, when we asked him, he said, everybody knows who I am. And I'm like, oh, my. I, <laughs> what a wild I, thing to do when you walk in the new clubhouse. I still love that. I love that for, <laughs> for Donaldson. That is hilarious. Because I feel like you could take that a couple of different ways. Like, you could totally take oh, that yeah. as, like, the pompous, like, you know, yeah, you know who I am. But you could also just take it as just, like, I don't know, Donaldson's like, yeah, I'm infamous this season, man. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. Donaldson's a trip, but <laughs> I mean, I think as long as you don't have too many Donaldsons on your team, if you know what I'm saying, yeah. you oh, really like you really like sure. having one one or two around, you know. For sure, yeah. uh, it's definitely good for the team vibes. Just someone who has that yeah. type of mindset. Do you know who else is good for the team vibes and is playing in the National League Central? Someone that we really we talked about a little bit, but has had. A sneaky, really, really good start to his career. Uh, well, really solid. I'll rephrase, really solid. Seiya Suzuki uh, collected his 20th homer on Friday. And, you know, this his first season was really solid. 113 OPS plus, 770 OPS. You know, battled some injuries. And it's just been a step up all the way across the board this year. 838 OPS, 
as we mentioned, the 20 homers, 30 doubles, five triples, 70 RBI, 283 batting average, 354 on base. I mean, just, yeah, just really getting acclimated. A really kind of, you know, 838 OPS, that's, you know, all-star caliber if you get hot at the right time, you know, in the start in the start of the year. And I wonder if maybe just having a better lineup around him has been helping him this year and just obviously getting more used to the American game. But, a you know, 28 years old, still a lot of good baseball left for Seiya Suzuki and uh, an overlooked uh, up-and-coming, just a really, really solid player. I think someone that could also be electric uh, in the playoffs with that speed power and just all around sort of Japanese style of uh, a game that he has on him. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to shout out Seiya. Like, and also the great clip earlier in the year where he got the foul <laughs> ball and then his coach took it from him. So he started fake crying <laughs> until he got <laughs> it back. Also, have you heard the Justin Bieber story with Seiya Suzuki? No, I don't I think I this. have. So let me make sure I'm getting this. <laughs> so I believe uh, <laughs> um, earlier in the year, he was getting interviewed by someone and they, they asked if he, his teammates have any nicknames for him. And he replied, Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> and then when his teammates were all asked, do you call Seiya Suzuki Justin Bieber? Everyone was like, no one nope. calls him Justin. <laughs> <laughs> so he just keeps saying that's he so me. good. So like, he's wore, he just... yeah, he wore, he recently wore a shirt that just is a blue shirt and then in white lettering says Justin Bieber on it. Uh, one of his teammates said maybe he just didn't understand the question and just said the one like famous name that he came to mind, which was Justin Bieber. <laughs> uh, what is so funny to be like, what's your nickname? Justin Bieber. And people are like, why do you call Seiya Justin Bieber? And they're all, all like, absolutely no one calls him Justin Bieber. <laughs> what are you what are you talking about? If, I see this is why we need a player nicknames game, because if they had it next year and he had his nickname on the back and just put Bieber, that would be absolutely <laughs> Justin Bieber. Don't don't uh, worry. Don't worry, Brian. I do have that trivia. Up. I have been prepping that trivia because we've caught oh. like every once in a while when we look at players on MLB.com and it says that they have nicknames. Oh, <laughs> I've been looking for some. Don't that worry. Is great. I really hope they list his as. Uh, let me check. That would be absolutely. He hilarious. does not so have a list. No way. He does not have a listed nickname. Boo. They got to add Justin. Bieber. They got to add Justin Bieber on there. They got to add Justin Bieber ASAP. Uh, but. Before we get into, you know, some more free range topics, I do want to shout out one more milestone because it's something that one of the game's best has been chasing for pretty much his whole career. Freddie Freeman finally got his long coveted 200 hit season. Um, absolute legend. Uh, I, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, just... Freddie Freeman's definitely going to be one of those guys you tell the kids, the grandkids about it. He's just really one of the day in and day out, you know, best, just best guys that you saw. Just hits it everywhere, plays great defense, base running, and finally got those 200 hit seasons, which, I mean, obviously his 2020 MVP is, is huge for him. But in terms of just single season stats, I think might be the most important one for Freddie Freeman, that 200 hits in a season. That's, that's special. Adam. Add him to your ref guess, your ref guess encyclopedia in your brain. 200 yeah. hits, Fred Freeman. That's true. Yeah. And too Jason bad it wasn't Bieber. with Atlanta. Huh? Oh. I said too bad it wasn't with Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. They got another they got they got another record setter playing yeah, first true. base in Atlanta that these oh, days. I don't so. think Atlanta regrets it one bit. No, not at all. Like they saved money and they have a guy. Literally setting, which re- which would you rather do? Set the RBI record or two hundred hits? Uh, uh, well, if I if you gave me the option to set both the RBI and the home run record in the same season, I think I'd do that, that one. Which yeah, Olsen that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that, that okay. a little cooler. Fair enough. fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but uh, there is something to just like 
showing up to the field every day and being like, I'm probably getting a hit or two. That's a nice yeah. feeling. That's that's a nice feeling, though. I mean, Olsen's batting what two eighty something like that too. So it's not yeah, like Olsen, he's ever going long without a hit. Yeah, uh, dude, Olsen's yeah, a phenomenal hitter too. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah. yeah, no, dude, the Braves. I, I I don't know how the Braves pulled it off. Still, honestly, it's it's they everything that they could have done right, they did right. <laughs> like yeah. they and, actually I mean, just did not make mistakes. It takes an uh, organization that is just a complete failure to want to get rid of Matt Olson. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. <laughs> That's... Yeah, like, Matt Olson should have been a franchise-type player. Granted, Freddie Freeman should have too, but sometimes franchise guys have to move. Yeah, too bad to easy. Deal, Literally just don't keep any. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, do you guys have any questions or talking points? I have something here, but I'm curious if you have anything else that's on your mind? Uh, Ooh, uh, giants are hot doo doo. <laughs> giants are hot doo doo. And like, there's like a thing coming out about how like it might be harder for them to get fringe pitchers this year because the way they've managed Stripling, Wood, and Manaya. I was like, oh, that's wonderful. I mean, yeah, Manaya's been great. really well down. I think Manaya wasn't that bad with how it did. He seemed to be okay with it. And then. Because, like, he was actually performing really poorly. <laughs> and then he went to the bullpen, figured it out. I mean, he had a seven-inning appearance last week, and he was great. It was against the Dodgers. Dodgers? Yeah, against the Dodgers. He went seven innings, gave up, I want to say, like, three hits, two runs. Like, dude, that's beautiful. If Sean and I was doing that all season long, Giants fans are in love with him. Um, But we'll see. It's going to come to the opt-out time of year for the Giants. Who's opting out? They have a lot of uh, those type of contracts. I think Conforto has an opt-out, Manaya has an opt-out, and Stripling has an opt-out, and I think there's like one or two more, too. So, it's going to really change the Giants' offseason, depending if these guys stay or go. Yeah, it's interesting. I, uh, Chris Sale had a nice uh, appearance on Friday, five innings, seven strikeouts, and I saw someone on Twitter be like, is this Chris Sale's final start for the Red Sox? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, did I forget his contract is up after this year? It's not. He still has one more year. So I was like, probably not unless, uh, you know, someone was make willing to make a trade. Mm-hmm. And I feel like teams that would be, I will, the Giants would be more so if he was a free agent, I think would, would target him in the offseason. They, they, they would try seeing if they can get him cheap. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was like, you know, Giants, Dodgers, one of those, you know, reclamation teams would, would probably be interested in but i don't know maybe if the red sox are interested in doing kind of a stevie cohen type deal where they eat some more money and get some higher quality prospects uh i could see that happening uh dang the but, red sox gonna spend money though yes they fired hein bloom so their scapegoat is gone now they're yeah. actually gonna spend oh, now they have to yeah okay. now they have to spend money that that's the yeah. rules now they have to make it look like it was Heim's fault and not them not spending money. So they're just gonna be like, "Oh, look, we brought in this new person, and we're and way suddenly, better. yeah, and suddenly we we're him, spending we, money. We let him build up a farm system to get rid of him and spend money. Dude, no, yeah, that's it. That's what I was saying. It's next, you know, two to five years, people are gonna be coming up and are gonna be like, "Yeah, that was Heim. That yep. was Heim. and it's like, except that's yeah. not how most baseball fans' brains work. Yeah. And so yeah. someone's going to get called up who's been in the system for three years. And then they're going to be like, ah, man, that new guy really just got an awesome talent. <laughs> just like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, talking about the GMs and stuff like that, we did mention a little Brewers and all those people that they got. A uh, really cool Jolly Olive video about the Brewers and their insane trade history and how successful it's been. And the, uh, What's their GM's name? Was it David Stearns or something like that? It's uh, he's right. going he's going to the Mets, so that's going to be really exciting. Uh, but yeah, I just want a great video to watch, uh, and just I didn't realize how dominant the Brewers have been in trade wise uh, over the last you know five plus years. We always talk about the Rays, but the Brewers have been excellent uh, on the trade market as well. I think the Brewers just don't have like the a Rosarena type acquisition 
like they do a lot of the good trades, but it's not always like the super young flashy player. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not flashy, but you know, Hater, uh, solid, yeah, Freddie Peralta, uh, and one name that I like was really solid for the Brewers for a couple of years and then fizzled out. That Travis Shaw, who they gave up Tyler Thornburg for, who basically just exploded after they. <laughs> after he put on a Red Sox uniform. I mean, not his fault. Thoracic outlet is a crazy condition yeah. that claims a lot of pitchers. Uh, but yeah, he just put up 30 home run seasons for them. They got a bunch of other guys. So yeah, I highly recommend watching that. Um, but yeah, Adam, you got, got any questions, any topics you want to discuss? I, I know we, I do want to float around and, and we've kind of briefly touched on it, but I do want to touch on a little bit. Um, Obviously, the White Sox giga disappointing season. Um, do you row. think they take the cake this year for the most disappointing team for you? Because mm. I think St. Louis I... pretty much locking last place is also almost overlooked mm. at this point. The the Mets. Yeah, the Mets as well. Super. The super Mets were bad. supposed to be a lock for a hundred wins, and they have yeah. seventy one. Yeah, they're the highest salary in baseball. Like, uh, yeah, I think the I think White Sox the... are the most overall disappointing situation because it yeah, seems like true. it's just a horribly run organization. There's no accountability. There's no leadership. There's a lot of talent on this team, but they're aimless. They're lazy on the field. It's just ugly performances going nowhere uh and hopeless whereas these other teams that are yeah the other teams more disappointing single season because of the expectations being so high yeah but you know you believe st louis and new york you know they're gonna reposition themselves over the offseason new york has still had some really good performances from people like alonzo and lindor um and you know st louis is you know, still had some good performances. So there's promising aspects there. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think the what White other, Sox are an ugly situation. What other, do you guys have any other team that's like, just like disappointing to you? Like you thought they would do something? Like maybe not obviously the most disappointing, but team that um, broke your heart. <laughs> team that broke my heart. Uh, uh, for me, it's the Cleveland Guardians. They broke my heart. Oh yeah, I know. Well, and Francona's were... last year too. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that didn't um, really hurt me as bad. Mostly just because I was not riding as high as on as uh, as you were on Cleveland. Dude, that Guardians was they were in a prime position, and it's hard to say it's a bad season when you're in second place. But yeah, but you're <laughs> that still a sub. Horrible. Yeah, but you're a sub 500 second place. That's yeah, you have 74 wins. Yeah, yeah, that's. Oh. That's true. That's pretty disappointing out of Cleveland. Um, I'm perennially disappointed in the Angels, but that's I think just kind of it's just a constant the disappointment. At the same time. <laughs> same with Colorado. Colorado still remains super disappointing. Um, especially when you think of like really not that long ago, Colorado was a yeah. pretty fun team to watch Dude. with some good players, and they really didn't need to do like, that much to be competitive i think particularly you're the best pitcher in, base, the best pitcher in baseball in the gong shout out <laughs> uh particularly with arizona coming back into the picture the competitive yeah. picture it just takes you back to those late 2010s where it was you know the diamondbacks and the rockies were both good and they had that awesome wild card game as well of course with the archie bradley triple um but i just remember really liking to watch both of those teams uh and you know great to see the diamondbacks back in things but just the rockies it's just so confusing and it's yeah. disappointing i mean you like why like the arenado thing makes no arenado sense. gone trevor story did this Trevor Story thing makes a little bit it more sense? It makes a little cause... more sense, oh, but not a no, lot. No, 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 no. But we Aaron... cannot excuse the Trevor Story thing. <laughs> he no. should have been traded. Yeah, well, yeah, he should have been traded, <laughs> right? Yes. Arenado, yeah. you had locked up. Yeah. yeah. And you just no, gave sure. him away. Yeah. For sure. Like the, the Arenado thing, I'm not, I mean, they did get the best pitcher in baseball, but like it still wasn't worth it. 
<laughs> okay, I should stop saying this, but <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> but it's just like the, yeah. the continual. <laughs> I, there's this one video of uh people this guy asking arsenal fans is, was like if you could win the league this year but you had to give up bakayo saka would you do it and a lot of people were saying like no he's our future we're gonna win multiple with him we want to keep him and then they were showing it to saka and he was like wow that's incredible that's love like they would they would literally give up winning yeah. the league to keep me and i imagine just the same video but going up to Rockies fans and being like, would you uh, get Arenado back, but you have to give up the big gomb? <laughs> and they're all just like, no, no I can't never, give up the no, big we gomb. We can't give up the big gomb. <laughs> <We're never gonna... laughs> Ride or die on the gomb, dude. <laughs> we we have to gomb. be the number one gomb podcast. <laughs> we're, the, we're the number one podcast for like 10 different players. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't Panic. think there's a single other <laughs> podcast that talks about Joe Panic as much as we do, or the, yeah. the, the big gomb. The big gomb. <laughs> like... There's plenty oh, of man. players that we... We're probably the number one Rowdy Telez podcast, too. I'm, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Rowdy fan. Yeah. I love getting a little Rowdy. I miss him in Toronto, but I understand why he, why he ended up getting moved. Yeah. It makes sense. I'm the biggest Kevin Pillar stan. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big Kevin Pillar fan. I actually was also reading some uh, comments. I was reading a thread of people. Kind of a similar question, but like... Uh, who's the non-superstar on your team that you just, like, really like? And seeing a handful of Braves fans Ooh. just be like, dude, I like Kevin Pillar a lot. Like, dude just <laughs> dude just comes out, he's, you know, he's clutch when he needs to be. He's just a good attitude, fun dude to watch, plays hard. Not a not a superstar, but, you know, you just, you, you see him play and you're like, yeah, I like that guy. Love it. Love Now, who's Pilar. that guy for you guys' team? Oh. The non-superstar <laughs> that you're... That you're just like, yeah, I like that guy a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's probably a couple for for the J. I think the one that I thought this year was probably going to be his breakout season um, ended up not quite being just for a couple of reasons. But Kevin Biggio, I like Kevin a lot. Um, you know, utility one of the one of the many utility men that the Jays have plays second base, plays outfield. Um, just has always been pretty decent for the Jays and had like little flashes of being potentially a, a really, really valuable bat and obviously valuable just playing all over the field defensively. And uh, he's had a, a totally good season this year, just not like incredible, but right, Kevin. So this year, I think mine's going to be Blake Sable on the Giants, which is like kind of wild. Wouldn't have expected to say that the Giants got him by rule five, like, in t for terms of Rule 5 players, I think he's had a really good season because usually those guys are like young prospects who aren't ready. Uh, Blake Sable's a little on the older end, 25. He's a learning catcher still. But, dude, he put up... He has a 240 batting average, OPS over 700, 13 home runs, four stolen bases, played some catcher, played some outfield. His uh, stats were better, his hitting stats, but he's been really slumping the last month. Yes, yeah, last 71 at-bats, he has 14 hits, 197 average. So he was doing really well, been slumping towards the end, but great rookie year by Blake Sable. He doesn't get talked about enough because other catchers like Patrick Bailey, who, yeah, <laughs> shout out Patrick Bailey, that dude's a stud. Yeah, shout out P. Bailey. Um, you know, two names came to mind. One, Cutter Crawford, who's been a solid starter, but I think ultimately he's going to be like a, an elite, like, two to three inning reliever in the future. That's what I want to see him as really funky wind up. And yeah, just, I, I just really like watching him pitch and like what he brings to the table, but I got to go a little bit more niche than that. I'm going to go my guy, Robbie, stay ready. Ref Snyder. Cause you don't oh, got to get ready that. if you stay ready. Uh, and you know, the overall stats, not good, but He's a lefty killer against lefties. Three ten average, four twenty nine OBP, uh, an eight twenty five OPS. Uh, it's always a good at bat. Plays hard defensively, uh, and yeah, just a lefty killer, lefty specialist for the old Red Sox. So, shout out Rob. Stay ready, Ref Snyder. Um, yeah, it was just really it was cool to see him get his shot and turn it into a little contract, make some money, and 
you know, be a solid presence, especially against left-handers on the team this year as well. But yeah, I think that's, that's about all I got today. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a chill week. This is the chill week before the end of the Um, regular season, pretty much. uh, (laughs) Come, come next week. It's uh, the standings will be set. Yeah, Texas, a uh, little update, up 3-1 in the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim uh, Stadium right now. Uh, Houston winning 5 nothing against the old Mariners. Uh, crazy stuff, crazy stuff in the old AL West. Yeah, the Yankees won a game. Um, good for them. Good for them. You see the uh, picture of Yankee Stadium before this game? The, nah. the posted crowd of like nobody. Yeah. Did Ooh. you hear the announced crowd? Yes, I did. It was like announced. <laughs> yeah, here this here's the here's the picture. Uh, Noah, what do you what do you think the announced crowd was for this? Twenty twenty two thousand. Oh man, you're underselling <laughs> the Yankees, my guy. They say thirty thousand. Oh, you're underselling the Yankees, my guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was like forty three k or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, they might have had forty three tickets sold, and then people just didn't show they up. They might have had forty three thousand people in new in in a five mile vicinity of the radius <laughs> of, of the stadium. Like, that's... if you sold forty three thousand worth of tickets and. Forty-three thousand people didn't show up. <laughs> Forty-three. <laughs> it's so absurd, dude. Yeah, it's for for reference. The picture of this stadium is from like the like second bowl behind home plate, uh, and you can count the people. Like, <laughs> wow, it's... no, yeah, because I was I just looked at it briefly, and then I'm like looking. There's no there's no batting practice turtle out there. That's... No, this is during the game. <laughs> That's during the game. Yeah, that's not pregame. That's during the game. And they said forty three. They said forty three thousand people. Oh. <laughs> Incredible! Oh. It's, it's so good. <laughs> I it's that's just that's just it, that's the Yankees season to me. Is it's just like <laughs> it's, hey, uh, thirty years in a row of winning baseball up above five hundred. Good for them. Good for them. Good for them. Oh yeah, my god. Delightful news 43,000 tickets were from them. Yeah. Delightful news I, for someone who cares. <laughs> I've apparently, you know, played in front of 43,000 people. Dude, same. looking at this picture. I didn't realize that my high school stadium fit 43,000. <laughs> 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 That's funny. The JV field apparently fit 43k. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, okay, man. boys, I think that's going to do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. A lovely and with that, lovely time. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.